Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. What's good, my people? Welcome into Buckets, Action Network's daily NBA betting podcast. We're in the workshop presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Go download the Action Network app. Everything you need about everything in sports betting is on the Action Network app. Odds boards, leans, pro tips, where the money is, percentages broken out, four favorites, four underdogs. Everything you need is in the Action Network app. Go download it. Go check everything out. It's Thursday in the NBA, so you know what time it is. AC, analytics capper, J Money is money. I am Sean Little. You know the deal. We'll give a play. We'll give a cap. We'll get you guys out of here. J Money is money, a.k.a. Mr. Smack City. How you feeling? What you looking at for the Thursday? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Be honest, I didn't really love the car, but there is one spot that fits my system. I'll make a very small play on the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first quarter, minus one and a half. AC, analytics capper, what you looking at for the Thursday NBA slate? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jay, man. Even though there's a lot of games in the card, there's not many that really pops out at me. I'm going to go with the Spurs-Hawks over. It's the highest total of the night. It's that high for a reason. And I'm going to go with the Warriors playing the Clippers here who are actually coming off a of back-to-back playing as we record this podcast. I'm going to take the Warriors, lay the four and a half. As we said it coming in, the board is a bit funky. A lot of big numbers. We got Cleveland laying minus 11. We got Brooklyn laying seven and a half. Knicks are laying 13 and a half to the Pistons. A lot of big numbers on the sheet. Tough spots across the board. Minnesota is laying 10 to the Utah Jazz, who are also on a back-to-back. AC, I'm going to come to you first. Talk to me about the Hawks-Spurs total. Biggest number on the board. The Hawks offensively have been cooking, and we know the Spurs have been struggling. Talk to me about the total. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams played to the over. The Hawks are 10-7 and seven on the over for the year. The Spurs play zero defense, guys. They're 12-5 and five on the over. Even though they have potentially one of the more versatile defenders, we see when Wimby's out there, he can guard multiple positions and also like defend at the rim. He's really good at that. But for some reason, the Spurs play really fast. They also have a ton of guys that can put a lot of points up, right? Vassell, Kelton Johnson, Wemby can get hot. So, I mean, this is a, a team, in my opinion, where Pop just wants to run, run, run. And we kind of talked about the game. I forgot which, which team it was last night. It was, oh, it was the Suns. Even though the Suns didn't play well, for the most part, in the half court, they're the superior team. So when you're the superior team, you don't need to run. 
just run your offense, right? Play your guys, and you're going to get a good shot. They're not healthy right now, but they have three of the best mid-range guys in the NBA. Now you look at the Spurs. They don't really have a set offense. They're inferior to basically everyone they play, so they have to run. They have to pick up the pace, and I think because of that, the games have been going over. I like it. You know, when we look at the full board, and I'm kind of talking off a tangent right here, but let's say there's eight games on the board, so I'm not a big totals guy, but you look at you know what the highest total is that night, and you look at what the lowest total is that night. Most people like to go the under on the highest and the over on the lowest. I'm actually different. I think it's high for a reason. I think it's low for a reason. And I'm always going to, you know, err on that side. And this is the highest total of the night, so I'm going to go on the over there. Yeah, we saw that biggest spread of the year with the Hawks and the Pacers. People were nervous about laying that big number to, to the over, and it absolutely ran through by like 30 or 40 points. So that is a key, and I know, Jay, you're laughing because I listened to the pod with you and Matt and the rest of the gang, and you were talking about that game in particular, and it was like this game in my system sets up to be like 270. And that would have been yeah. short as well, but it would have been a lot closer to the number that was posted. Jay, when looking at totals and looking at that spot, overall, how do you feel about that spot? And talk to me about Atlanta. How do you overall feel about Trey Young now who's come on a little bit? He's been shooting the ball a lot better than he did to start the year. DeJounte Murray, in my opinion, I still don't think gets enough touches, gets enough looks on the offensive side of the ball. Talk to me about that total, that big number against the Spurs, and then just Atlanta overall. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to talk about the Spurs because, I mean, first off, this team is 3-14 and 14 straight up on the season. They're 1-8 and eight at the house where you're supposed to play your better basketball. Even if you're a team that's not that good, young team. I mean, I, I mean, I could go off on a tangent here. I don't understand why they keep running Sochan at the point guard. This is absolutely yeah. horrific. If you look at his plus-minus with Wimby on the floor and then opposed to Trey Jones, it's almost like they're trying to lose on purpose just like systematically just by continuing to start Jeremy Sochan. So that's something that really hurts my soul as a basketball player I don't understand it this guy turns the ball over like it's crazy he doesn't make the right reads I've seen in the last game they had a two-on-one with Wimby and he decided to pass the ball out to the three-point line like a contested three it's just it's absolutely horrible basketball the Spurs actually have a better team they have better players than what they're playing like I guess if, if that makes sense you know what I'm saying so I'd like for the Spurs to be playing better I'd like to take them here plus the points but I do know that Wimby's questionable here the Spurs are on a long losing streak you got the hawks they're coming off two straight losses as well a game where they got smacked versus the Cavs. so defensively the hawks the hawks are another team they're supposed to be a lot better than what they play they actually have defenders on the floor for whatever reason man they just they don't like playing defense so i could never talk you off and over with the hawks or the spurs or the pacers for that matter as well this total is high at 246 but they like to run and gun and they don't like to play a lot of defense so this over definitely should cash in this particular game look towards the side i can't even i couldn't even tell you man because i can't rely on either one of these teams Jay Money said, free Zach Collins, free Deontay Hunter, DeAndre <laughs> Hunter, free the guys that can play from these rough situations. Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson. I love Keldon Johnson's game, an absolute offensive force. But, yeah, I feel you. You look at that San Antonio roster, and they shouldn't be at the bottom of the barrel like the Detroit Pistons are, who can't seem to get out of the bottom of the barrel. But that's for a whole another podcast Jay Money is money. You said you had a system for this quarter you were looking at for the Thunder. The Thunder are one of the best teams in the NBA, period, point blank. You want to talk about knowing a team is going to show up on a nightly basis. 
That is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Talk to me about the first quarter here. So the Thunder are in the bounce back spot. They're coming off two straight losses here, and they're going up against the Lakers. They're on a back-to-back third game in four nights and fourth game in six nights all on the road as well. And they have to travel from Detroit down to Oklahoma City as well, which isn't the shortest trip. I know it's not it's not down the streets, you know what I'm saying? So, But the fact that the Lakers came out and had a really good game and they're at the rest disadvantage here with a little bit older team as well, I just feel like the Thunder are going to come out here at the house where they play their best basketball and want to get off to a fast start in this particular game and we could see the Lakers coming out a little sleepy as well even if they cover the full game which I want to mention something if you look at the Lakers past 12 games or I know 11 for sure they have not covered back-to-back games for whatever reason when they win a game against the spread they drop the next one against the spread just go and look at it it's a pattern you know what I'm saying it's a you can call it a trend or pattern whatever that's what the Lakers have been doing over the course of their last 11 games they lose a game against the spread they cover the next one they did it again on Wednesday night versus the Detroit Pistons so in theory this this is their game where they're supposed to come out slow and possibly not cover the full game spread, but I'm going to go with the first quarter here. They probably get in super late at night. I know the Thunder are pissed after losing two straight games. They match up really well versus the Lakers as well. And last game of a four-game road trip for the Lakers, this team is probably ready to get to the house. Wouldn't be a bit surprised if they rest a couple guys as well. So give me the Thunder in the first quarter, minus the one and a half. It fits my first quarter system, the bounce-back J system, if you'd like to call it that. But I think the Thunder come out here uh, and try to hop on the Lakers early here. AC, Lakers got to be feeling good coming off a big win. Yeah, I mean, I I like that spot from Jay. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers sat a few guys here, right? Not only LeBron and AD, but some of their other guys, because they are dealing with a lot of injuries on that team. D'Angelo Russell had a really good game against the Pistons tonight, but this is not only a classic fourth game in six nights, last game on a road trip, because they do play the Rockets at home after that. And I think either the Phoenix Suns or the Denver Nuggets. So two really big Western Conference games at home in L.A. after that. In addition to that, this is a great bounce back spot for OKC. OKC, I mean, you guys have been following this team for a couple of years. Like last year, they were a great team to back as an underdog. They were always the live dog in every, you know, every big game they played, especially at home. Now they are front running. They're really good. Chet Holmgren is the real deal. I know everybody looks at Wimby, but Chet's playing just as well, in my opinion. And his efficiency numbers, Sean, I don't know if you have Chet's numbers in front of you, but his efficiency numbers are off the charts. And then you add SGA, who took another step up as a first-team All-NBA performer. So this is a great team that also plays defense against a team like the Lakers. If you're going to try really hard – you're not going to get the Lakers' best shot. So I like OKC first quarter, first half, and maybe full game here because I think the Lakers are just going to throw away this game. One more point about this game that I forgot to mention. The Lakers, before tonight, they won the first quarter with the Pistons by 14 points on Wednesday night. Before that, they were the worst team in the NBA in the first quarter net rating, which they were minus 91 before that game. Now they're minus 76. They're still only second second worst in the league behind uh, the Chicago Bulls. So the Lakers are the second worst NBA team in the first quarter here, and I think it shows up here on the road road back-to-back. Yeah, without question. Like their depth, their depth is hurting, guys. There's no Gabe Vincent, no Jared Vanderbilt. Rui's out. Jackson Hayes is out. So again, if they sat someone like a LeBron or AD, they're going to start playing like their third and fourth string guys. Yeah, to talk about Chet Holmgren and efficiency, twenty two and a half on the PER. True shooting is at sixty six and a half. Insane. Percent. From three, he's been absolutely lighting it up as well, shooting over forty three percent 
from there for a rookie. And then Should we for take all the him? guys in the league that can't shoot free throws that are big, he's not one of those should guys. Should we take he's him? The- so I feel like we should take him to win rookie of the year. Because first off, they're going to have a better record than the Spurs. They're probably going to get into the playoffs, you know what I'm saying, which the Spurs are probably not. Now, anything can happen. It's still early in the season. But right now, I don't think that Wimby should be the favorite. I don't I don't think – because the last time I looked at it, Holmgren was like plus 170. I think right now – I know that everybody loves Wimby and they want him to be the next LeBron, but his team isn't doing anything right now. And I know their numbers are kind of similar, but uh, uh, Holmgren's team is doing a lot better, in my opinion, and if their numbers are even similar – we got to look towards Chet for and Jay and Jay. Not only that, so I agree with you there. But not only that, let's say we fast forward three months and the Spurs are like ten and sixty. Like, why would you play Wimby, right? Why would you even play Wimby the last 10, 15, 20 games? Whereas Chet is going to be playing four playoff positions. Right. So not only is he going to have the numbers that are going to compete with Wimby, he already has them in efficiency. Like we already know that but he's also going to get the true volume as well if he gets to play all those games. Yeah, that was the big issue coming in for taking Wemby. And we know about the hype and the juice and how much attention he was going to get and the national televised games he was going to get. But I have, without a shadow of a doubt, confidence that the Spurs will sit him down at some point in the year if they are Mm -hmm. 10-45, and 10-55. and There'd be no reason to be playing Wemby all those minutes when you don't have to. And then on the flip side, Chet is going to be competing in the playoffs. No play in. They're going to go straight to the playoffs and be a top six in the West, even to close out. Some of these per 100 possession numbers are insane. Almost one and a half steals. 1.4 steals, 3.6 blocks per 100. I mean, he's he has four assists per 100. Offensive rating is 125 this year, Chet Holmgren, per 100 possessions. So, yeah, I agree. The point that Jay brings up, that plus 170 number may not be around for long. It might be something you want to snatch up before it gets uglier than it already is in San Antonio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, I'm going to go to the Warriors. Spot play for me, minus four and a half against the Clippers. As we record this, I'm going to be honest with everybody listening. It is tough sometimes to record the night before because we don't have the conclusion to some of these games. But a great example of a spot play that I am very confident me, Jay, and AC would have talked about is The Kings coming off that comeback and that win and feeling so good about themselves after coming back and beating essentially a new, I don't want to call it a rivalry, but I guess that's what it is. They played them in the playoffs. They've now played them tight uh, in the Bay Area. They went to game seven, bro. They went to game seven. That's a rivalry now. 
a little Bay Area rivalry. For them to come off that high and then play the next night against a Clippers team that's looking for a W, that's always going to be a spot that we're looking to back the Clippers in, at least in the first quarter, at least in the first half. And they're up big here in the first half. Now, similar to this spot, that's why I'm looking at the Warriors here, minus four and a half at home. First of all, the Clippers have been a bad road team all year. That's without a doubt. And with the Warriors coming off that terrible loss, they lost that second half, fellas, 69 to 51 versus the Kings. It was a flat-out implosion. And CP3 looks like he's going to be out for the matchup. But this is the spot where the Clippers are going to be coming off a big win, it looks like, in Sacramento. They have to go down the very next night and play the Warriors, who all they've been hearing the last couple of days and all the talking points around them are how the dynasty is over. Clay seems frustrated every time he gets in front of a mic. The whole Draymond situation, people seem to get a bit tired of. It's one of those classic things, fellas, like when you're winning, it's all good. Draymond can do whatever he wants. Shit starts getting spooky for back-to-back years now. It's like, hey, man, Draymond, calm that shit down. Like that shit is not helping us do anything. But I think this is the spot where they do bounce back and get a win. Also, they've been very overvalued at the crib all year, 0-8-1 against the spread at home. I think that'll change. This is also a duplex spot where they play a home and away with the Clippers. This is the one they get at home. I'll lay the four and a half. Also, we talk about rest. Fellas, both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have played all 17 games here. They haven't missed a game to start the year. This is going to be the Clippers' third game in four days and their second back-to-back in a week. I don't want to give out a cap trying to guess if guys are going to sit, but that's a really interesting note here. Two back-to-backs in a week, three games in four days. Paul George and Kawhi have played every single game to start the year. Either way, if they go, I still like Draymond being able to play D on one of the wings and the Warriors get a bounce-back W at home. Minus four and a half. I'll lay the points. J Money is money. How you feel about it? Yeah, let me start the petition to sit Clay, man. He might need that to check his confidence, to check his his ego. You see what I'm saying? Come off the bench, man. And it'll really make him feel some type of way and maybe make him really get in the gym and really try to turn back the clock. Because right now, in my opinion, you can't be starting Clay. Now, obviously, it hurts mm-hmm. that they don't have CP3 to run the second unit. Gary Payton, the second's out as well. But at least Wiggins is back. I mean, Wiggins hurt a little. They said something about that the front office, it was a, a word out there that they were unhappy with him being out of shape and not taking it serious. He came out there and balled out the last game. You see what I'm saying? And obviously, they wouldn't even been in that game if it wasn't for Wiggins in that particular spot. So as long as they get Wiggins like that, we know Curry is going to bring it every single time. Uh, we know that Draymond, although he's not there offensively, but defensively and just trying to be there for his team and pick his team up or setting screens, he's going to be there. So actually what I'm looking at here is the third quarter here, Sean. I could actually see the Clippers really run out of gas. After you go play the first half, you go and sit down to have time, those legs start to really get tired. You see what I'm saying? That third quarter, we know the Warriors at the house is what they do. If I had to play in this game, I'd be looking towards the Warriors in the third quarter and also think it's correlated with your play. Like even if they're down, then that's when they're probably going to really show up in the second half the things will probably flip they might come out a little slow in the first half because we know versus the kings they came out really fast they might come out a little slow here or maybe not but i still feel like that third quarter that's their spot to possibly blow this game open ac is that the problem steve kerr loyalty because moses moody was cooking last night he hadn't missed the jumper he took and he went straight to the bench to go with steve kerr's regular rotations that he always closes the game with Is loyalty the issue? And do you agree with Jay? 
Is it time to to sit the old Clay Thompson? And, oh and I want to be clear here because it's not like Clay ever lost a step on his own accord. I mean, he had two massive. Mm-hmm. He had an ACL and Achilles blow on him. It's not like his game just fell off a cliff. It's tough to come back from those injuries, and it's starting to seem like it's caught up to him a bit. Man, I've been talking about Clay coming off the bench for over two years now. Even when they made the finals against Boston, it wasn't because of Clay. I know Clay had some moments there, but it was Steph being the MVP, and it was Wiggins that was really the second best player there, playing both guarding the best player on defense, but also getting buckets on offense. And I'm a Clay guy. That's the thing. Like, I'm a Clay guy because I think prior to the injury, I thought he was the best number two, like, the NBA has ever created, right? Put him next to LeBron, put him next to KD, put him next to Luka, put him next to Dirk, put him next to Steph. He's going to be the best number two because he's going to guard the best player and he's going to shoot 45% from three. Like nobody was like that before Clay. but you're right. Fast forward to ACL, Achilles, and I know he's like, you know, one of the faces of the franchise. It helped brought this franchise back to prominence, all that kind of stuff, but Bro, he has not been good for more than two years, right? So it took him, what, it took him like 14 games to finally score 20 points in a game? Like, you can't have that as your starting shooting guard, right? So I agree with you guys there. I think he's past his prime, unfortunately, and it's really because of injuries. But for this game, for this game, I would say I agree with you guys in terms of your analysis. One caveat is... If the Clippers blow out, and again, it's in the middle of the game, mm-hmm. if they blow out the Kings, they're going to start sitting their starters and they're going to get ready for Golden State, like during the Kings game. You know, like mentally, they're going to talk about guarding who and who. And the thing is, they match up against the Warriors really well. We talk about Draymond defending and Wiggins defending, but if you flip it to the other team, Kawhi, PG, Terrence Mann, like all these guys can defend the best thing that the Warriors do, and that's give the ball to Steph Curry. So it's going to be a a tough game. It's going to really depend on how the game tonight ends up, but I'm cheering for you, Sean, for sure. Hey, yo, P, they want me to come off the bench. Yeah, bro, we do. (laughs) We need you. We need you to go maybe take a seat. Also, this last thing on the Warriors, just overall, not on a night-to-night cap, because I do like them tomorrow minus four and a half. Bob Myers packing it up and leaving was a big red flag for me. He was letting you know, because Bob Myers is not leaving if he feels like there's jewelry still left on the table potentially to go get. Bob Myers is there day in, day out in the locker room making decisions, and he looked around and said, yeah, time to go. I'm going to pack things up, and I'm going to go do some television on the side and then figure out what else I'm going to do with my career. And that was a big red flag for me that this whole thing was truly coming to an end regardless. To recap, J-Money is money. Thunder first quarter, minus one and a half. Also leans Warriors third quarter. Keep an eye on that number. AC, Hawks, Spurs over 245. I am on the Warriors minus four and a half. That's where we're going with Thursday NBA slate. You know how we get down for AC Analytics Capper. For J-Money is money. I am Sean Little. We will see y'all next week. Enjoy the NBA slate on this Thursday. And don't forget it. Get buckets, baby. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. 
If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.